0: And to your point about self-worthy whether we're worthy and the confidence you know whether we we keep questioning ourselves whether we can do something or not so that is something which i realize and even working with a lot of my clients is a lot of anxiety is actually coming from the fact that we don't think we are self-worthy which means like in my case i was trying to prove over and over again i was trying to get somebody's love instead of demanding love
1: Hello and welcome to Overcoming Anxiety with Dawn Morgan. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Today I have a guest with me. Sharma is a Jay Shetty certified happiness and empowerment coach working with female professionals who are feeling stuck, invisible and rejected in their relationship, experiencing fear and doubt of an uncertain future. Sharma's own personal experience of moving countries, being in a corporate job and going through divorce allows her to understand and help others going through similar situations. Hello Sharma and welcome to the show. Hi Dawn, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, this show is all about overcoming anxiety. And as you know, um, we all experience anxiety at some point in our lives, whether it's big or small, overpowering or not. And um, so we'd love to hear how anxiety has shown up in your life and and what you've done about it.
0: Okay, great, thanks Dawn. I mean, like you said, we feel anxious all the time. We you know whether it be uh, in a, on a small scale or a large scale. I'm feeling anxious, a little anxious right now, Dawn, while recording this <laughs> podcast. Uh, because because it's probably one of my first ones or second one, maybe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we feel anxious all the time. And anxious anxiety has been a part of, as uh, as human. As it's been a part of all our, our lives. You know, um, It has affected a lot of my areas but the one one area which i i talk about the most and i feel it has impacted the most is the anxiety that i had in my relationship mm-hmm. uh, with my ex husband it was um, so we feel anxiety normally when we are thinking and we are fearing the future as human beings we have this tendency of of uh, thinking about the worst imagining the worst and thinking that the worst is going to happen in any particular situation and that could be because of our past experiences it could be because of the past trauma or it could be even uh, because of the cultural beliefs or just the belief system in itself Mm -hmm. so I've always been a very strong character before marriage I've done what I wanted to do I've had arguments with my mom I've done exactly the opposite of what she wanted me to do so there was nothing wrong with it I was absolutely happy with it Mm -hmm. then it comes with a label When I did what I wanted to do, it came with a label. You know, I was labeled as somebody who doesn't listen, who doesn't support, um, somebody who just does what she wants to. I think at some point it was also classed as selfish. So what happened, Dawn, was when I got married, A, I got married for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. But when I got married, I felt the need to not be myself.
1: Yes, that's very common, isn't it? We want to... We want to become who we think our partner wants us to become,
0: or even the society. I think, yeah, absolutely. What yeah. he wanted me to be, but I was I was playing the role of a good housewife based on what I thought that the society wanted me to do, based yes. on the feedback I used to get from my mom saying you don't support me, and I was like I can't do that to my husband because otherwise he'll leave me. Yeah, I was constantly living in that anxiety that if I don't do more and more and more he's going to leave me
1: yeah what, I need to be good enough I need to to be everything to the to him
0: exactly. otherwise
1: you know I'm not worthy of him no
0: <laughs> it's crazy it, isn't exactly, it exactly those are the, exactly I need to be good enough I mean that the, the thought the belief that I'm not good enough yeah uh, made me really anxious really anxious and, and, and as a result what I did was I tried to give more and mm-hmm. do more and be more at the at the expense of myself so i was neglecting myself trying to be a better housewife trying to be a better mum trying to just be a better person yeah and what i didn't realize was it was not helping what i didn't realize was by not being myself i'm doing no favors to anybody
1: yeah and this is such a common story that you know you know i think certainly women of a certain age and even to some extent, because of cultural beliefs, you know, certainly when I was a, um, a teenager, child and teenager growing up, you know, my duty was to become a, a wife and a mother because of the, the era. You know, this was sort of back in the seventies and eighties, and and that was sort of what was expected for most women. And yeah. I grew up with that belief, you know, until I didn't believe it anymore.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the sad part is. It, it it's too late by the time you realize and believe that that's not what you need to do um, so, and, and I think if I knew don't if I knew or I had this kind of a help when I was going through this phase of giving yeah. doing more being someone I'm not I think my life would have been different and I wish I had somebody I'm talking not too long ago 17 years ago Maybe. Yeah
1: well I'm talking a lot longer but but it's yeah. the same thing it's no different and yes I'm the same as you I would have loved somebody to say to me hey hang on a minute let's sit down and think this through yes
0: yes or even my I mean I love my mum I mean I I never got along with her but now we speak every day and she's my best friend so I love her to bits but at that point if she would have said something else to me I would have really appreciated it
1: yeah but it's difficult isn't it because parents have a a different belief system again you know and and we are a product of everything that society our parents what we experience all of that sort of stuff and those beliefs get so deeply embedded we don't even know we have those beliefs
0: no exactly exactly but neither do our parents and to be fair to our parents they're doing the best that they know yeah and we are doing the best we know
1: but also you see i i I tell, you know, a, a few clients about this where, you know, even if somebody has perfect parents, and they do everything in a way that you know that the, the best practice in everything, a child can still interpret things differently. You yes. know, and the one example I use is, you know, if you, if you hear people having a, a heated discussion you know, it's all good natured. They're just debating something and being really passionate about it. The child may actually think that's arguing, may interpret that loud noise, the loud voices as, as not a good thing. And then think, well, it's got to be about me. You know, maybe I'm not good enough. And that's why they're shouting when actually there's no connection at all. But the child may make that connection. So, you know, whether I mean, obviously, there's some very Bad parents around you know ultimately extremely bad parents but most parents are just doing the best they can and even if they've been pretty average parents you can have amazing kids it's just that there's no not necessarily a complete correlation between the two
0: no no and I totally agree with you I mean I'm glad you say that because uh, I'm uh, I would like to think that I'm a little more spiritually aware I've done this inner work I've I'm continuing to do it and I'm always open to learning more. Yet my daughter is 12. There are times when she'll come and say, mommy, you said this and I shouldn't be doing this. And I was thinking, did I really? <laughs> did I really say that? You know, which I don't, I, you know, as the core values, I would say, I would never say that. In my head, I'm thinking, I would never say that. And then I realized, you know, exactly to your point, point on what I say and what she makes it mean, maybe don't be yes. totally different. So it's not something, you know, I know. And that's why you know,
1: you go, I mean, it, going to the movies is a classic example, isn't it? Cause you know, you could have two people go to a movie, but they see they, a different storyline, a totally different interpretation of what that film might be. Um, but you've watched the same film so how can you come out thinking you know one of you thinking the villain was brilliant and the other one saying no no, no they were slimy and sleazy and didn't like them you know and it's just your own interpretation and exactly. once we, and i think when we realize that in life it actually becomes a lot easier you know we don't because we don't expect other people to see things or 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 respond to things in the same way as us so yeah yeah
0: and i think that goes exactly i think that is also very relevant to anxiety because yes anxiety is mainly how you see things right it's if something happens and you make it look worse than it is you make it sound like it is a disaster it's the end of the life it's end of life everything is coming to an end but when actually it is not you know you just need to be a little more aware that you're seeing things differently and there's another way of looking there's always two sides of the coin right
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and everyone who's who's been experiencing anxiety up until this very moment, they're still here. You know, everything that life has thrown at you up until this point where
0: you are now, you've dealt with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're so right. Dor-
1: <laughs> and you know, you've
0: survived. And most of us are, are quite OK. We're in a good place. We are healthy. We're happy to a certain extent. I mean, again, the way you want to look at it, you know, some people are yeah. happy, but they can't see that they're happy. You know, so yeah, we've survived. We have good lifestyles. We have a house. We have food to eat, clothes to wear. Uh, there's nothing really to complain about, really.
1: No, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of challenges in life, but that's part of the whole human experience. You know, nothing is going to be just rainbows and unicorns all the time. Sometimes we're going to have some challenges. Um, yeah
0: but That's, we're all exciting right
1: yeah but we're all a lot more resilient
0: yeah.
1: than we think we are sometimes and yeah life is about challenges
0: exactly yeah it's fun it makes it keeps it fun and we appreciate the rainbows and the unicorns more yeah because of challenges right
1: yeah so how did this pan out with your husband then so you got married um for the wrong reasons as you said and obviously you were trying to f- be somebody who you weren't so what happened then As
0: you know, we're divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
1: so yeah, fast forward, we know what What
0: happened in that sort of early time. I think we were married for nearly a decade, Mm -hmm. uh, just over nine years. And it was very stressful for me. I was always anxious. I was so stroppy. I was like a a walking matchbox. (laughs) I love
1: that analogy. Love it.
0: My daughter had to drop a glass of water and I would start screaming. I was I was walking on eggshells, I was so frustrated, I was so anxious, I was just so stressed out. I was Sounds just, like
1: you were this sort of coiled spring.
0: Exactly. You know, ready to
1: explode yeah. at the
0: smallest touch. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think now in hindsight, I can say it not only affected my physical well being and my mental well being, but it actually jeopardized a lot of my relationships. So mm-hmm. I stopped talking to my friends for almost a decade I was not in touch with my old college friends school friends uni friends I was I I didn't talk a lot to my family not mm-hmm. to my mom not to my sister or brother I I was just like I I I had secluded myself in a way mm-hmm. because I was under so much pressure what I was not realizing is all of this is having a negative impact every area of my life yeah mm-hmm. so it, not only physically because physically is something you can see you can start to see you know you can start to you uh, the doc you go to the doctor and he'll be able to tell you of course you've got you know stress symptoms and he'll give you antidepressants or or whatever mm-hmm. but, the, but the hidden hidden effect impact was so obvious to me now I wish I could see it then but now it's very obvious to me yeah uh so yeah I was uh, for for 10 years and I kept trying to do more Don. I kept um I kept trying to put myself under pressure. Uh, I I kept trying to better myself. I was perfect, but I kept trying to better myself. Yes. Yeah. Be a better person. So he started a business. I helped him with his business. I did my own nine to five job and then helped him over the weekends without taking a day off. I was his accountant. I was his marketing person. I was my own job. I had a five year old daughter. I was a mom. I was looking after the house. You can imagine.
1: You were what trying is- to find your value in achievement, in doing, yeah. weren't you?
0: Yeah. And I think one, in hindsight, what I realised what exactly to your point, more than the value, I was looking for the connection. Yeah, I was not able to connect with my husband. Yeah, I didn't, f- I didn't feel the love. I didn't feel the connection. I was so longing for that connection. Yeah, i was doing more and more to please him to get the connection.
1: Yeah, that if I love you enough, if I do enough, then you'll love me back
0: exactly exactly
1: and that's the pattern for so many abusive relationships as well
0: absolutely you know? yeah. i
1: keep doing more and more and more and make and you will change and you will love me yeah and it just doesn't work that way
0: it doesn't it doesn't in fact i have a client um uh in indian families in-laws is a big thing i know in every other culture it is as well but in indian families a lot of times you're living with your in-law uh, it is so claustrophobic <laughs>
1: yeah different cultures different ideas yes yeah
0: it can be it depends on how the family background is but one of my clients she gets really anxious every time her in-laws are going to visit her so when they visit her they visit for months not for a few days for months and every time her in-laws about to visit her she gets really anxious she gets she gets so worried she has to like speak to me like five times a day and I was like "No, no no you have to stop doing that so basically what's happening is there were in the past at the beginning of her marriage. There was there was a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of um, issues that happened with the in-laws, and what happens is every time her in-laws are coming, she gets anxious that it's going to happen. So she goes back into the past and she's kind of reliving those moments and almost uh, almost manifesting those moments again.
1: Yeah, I, I I think mainly that's because the, you know, our unconscious mind is looking for for danger all the time. And if it's got this idea that in laws are danger, they're stressful, they, they interfere, they do this, they do that, whatever, whatever the situation is, as soon as you get that idea that, um, you know, the in laws are going to um, come along that, you know, your subconscious brain says, oh, alarm signals, you can't do this, this is gonna you know, fear response all over you, you know, remember what happened last time. And it's yeah. horrible sort of, yeah,
0: yeah, and, and from the experience I had with my own marriage, I had my own in-laws, and I had my own challenges, and you've you've heard my story with my ex-husband. But I think the experience that taught me a lot. So now I'm able to help my client. So mm-hmm. this particular client that I'm talking about, um, we did a lot of work on this. You know, mm-hmm. it took her about a year to get to a point where she's now comfortable. But we did a lot of things. Awareness is is the first point. Dawn is. For her to be aware that she's becoming anxious. And to your point, it's about we are we are looking for danger. Her subconscious mind is looking for danger. And she needs to be aware that she's feeling danger because of the past. Yes. Because of what's happened. And she has to be aware that that's happening. And she has to kind of know that her past is not equal to the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So awareness was the first thing. You know, By the time she realized, it took her an year. she realized that what's happening is her her subconscious mind is making her anxious because she's sensing danger. But it doesn't have to be that way all the time. Yeah, because we you
1: know, the subconscious mind sees danger, all sorts of danger. Um, whether it's real or imagined, it, it puts it all on the same level. Yeah. So even when you have an imagined danger, like if you're watching a, a horror movie, for example, it triggers all those feelings, when you know, it's not real, you know, it's not actually real danger to you you're not you know you don't have a saber-toothed tiger charging at you or anything um but your mind can't differentiate about no. those things you know it it says oh hang on a second you know that um you know speaking in public oh that didn't go down well when you were five remember they laughed at you so now now you're 45 you don't do
0: that just in case they're all gonna laugh yeah. at you again you know and it's just yeah. so, i know crazy isn't it yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? How our childhood traumas and our past episodes, past experiences, they yeah. just rule our life, isn't it? And Yeah, you
1: know, there's little things in the playground where somebody, you did something or you, you weren't very good at something and someone laughed at you and you yeah. know, and your mind says, oh, you're not gonna do that again. Yeah. We'll file that little bit of information away. And even if you come even close to doing something like that again, we'll warn you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's just crazy. It's amazing, isn't it? I wish, I wish, you know, this awareness. I wish they can teach in school.
1: Oh, yeah. You
0: know I, mean? uh, I think a lot of the things, if they kind of, I know we can't protect the, the future generation, you know, they will have to go th- through their own journey. But a lot of the things, if they can start instilling a certain pattern, certain awareness within you during your school days, yeah. I think a, a lot can be, you know, we can save a lot of trauma, a lot of depression, mental health issues, etc. Yeah,
1: and I think what we can do, you know, with educating people in this way is to stop um, stop those things piling up. I talk about uh, quite a lot on my podcast about this metaphorical rucksack and we we build, you know, when we're born we have this rucksack and all the things and all the beliefs and all the rules that we put around life get into this rucksack and we just keep carrying the same old stuff with us. all the way through life until we realize that we're doing it yeah then we can take the rucksack off and feel free and we're not weighed down anymore you know and if it's so valuable to understand that what you're feeling isn't necessarily real now it feels real that the feelings are really strong the anxiety is strong but if you're able to be aware of it as you're saying you are aware okay this is anxiety what is it trying to tell me? What is it trying to warn me about? And is that real?
0: Yeah. And also, I like your analogy of the rucksack, actually. don't We don't only have our own life experiences in the rucksack. We actually have our parents, our friends, our society, even the the teachers, you know, because we kind yeah. of as as adults, we unload a lot of our anxiety onto the next generation. Like I know so many times, I feel like some sometimes my daughter will come and say something. And I was like, Okay, she's got it from me, I need to do something mm-hmm. about it. You know? Is it
1: yeah, I, I got into a conversation actually about I've got a young grandchild. And uh, we were talking about my mum was visiting. Uh, so you know, she's She's watching and he's very active. He's very much like his dad was and he's sort of climbing on things. And of course she's constantly saying to him, oh, be careful, be careful. And I said to, him, I said to her, don't say that because actually what you're saying is I don't trust you to do what you're doing. You know, there is a possible interpretation there. He may never see it that way. Yeah. But if you're repeating anything over and over again, it's that repetitive nature. So, so saying something to him once, be careful uh then it's fine but if you're constantly saying to him every time he tries something new be careful he will he will start shrinking back thinking well there must be danger here i might yes. I maybe shouldn't climb on that or you know so i said to her, you know it's, it's about saying something um different so if he's approaching a hot cup of tea you just say hot you know it's a statement it's not anything to do with what he's doing or anything so even I mean and I did it with my children, I was constantly saying to him, especially, you know, my, my son, he was always climbing. I was saying, be careful, you know, don't oh. fall, do, do that, you know, I mean he luckily he ignored all of it and managed to break lots of bones and get all sorts of injuries over his life. It didn't stop him at all. Um, but it might have done. And so we carry all those fears, we pick up on all these fears that are everyone around us has. Yeah. and and as you say they go into that rucksack yeah absolutely yeah and what that does is it's you know the the um, the be careful thing it makes us question our abilities it makes us question whether we should be doing something or, or whether we're capable or whether we're worthy and all those things just get jumbled up into this big yeah. ball of mess yeah. you know
0: yeah yeah and to your point about self, worthy whether we're worthy and the confidence you know whether we we keep questioning ourselves whether we can do something or not so that is something which I realize and even working with a lot of my clients is a lot of anxiety is actually coming from the fact that we don't think we are self-worthy which means like in my case I was trying to prove over and over again I was trying to get somebody's love instead of demanding love yeah demanding time and if it's not coming my way just knowing this is not the right relationship instead of doing that I kept killing myself in a way, you know, yeah. slowly killing myself, doing more, giving more. And that was coming, a lot of it was coming because I didn't think I was worthy enough you know, because I was carrying all the you know, the rucksack that you're talking about, my rucksack was so heavy. Yeah. You know, I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't have the confidence that, I mean, the biggest, I didn't have the confidence that if he leaves me, what will I do? Yeah. Can I stay alone.
1: I was there, I was yeah. there when I divorced. I thought, you know, well, what now? You know, you yeah, get in this you get in this sort of thing. I've got no and and also part of it is because you have a it's almost like a grieving process because you're going f- through a grieving process for what might have been. You sort of yeah. you, you expect your life to work out in a particular way. You've got at least a general idea of, of what life is going to be like. And then when something so fundamental happens, you you know, you think, well. I, I'm like this rudderless ship now. What I've got no direction. I, you know, and I gave my all to the relationship, and what have I got now when yeah. I don't have the relationship? Yeah, yes. it's it's a scary place to be, and I know a lot of a lot of women really struggle with it because then, and because the thing we do as women is we then say it must have been me, especially if you're yeah. in a non-worthy yeah. space. You know, yeah. you're thinking I obviously wasn't good enough because why is this all falling apart if I was good enough it wouldn't have happened
0: yeah exactly if I would have been good enough from day one I knew if it was not going in the right direction I would be asking for the right things I would be saying and having the right conversations instead of having a one-way conversation of I need to give more I need to give more I need to give more and don my self-worth was so low that yeah. he, he cheated on me, he chose. I said, Okay, you choose between her and me. He chose her, and I was still trying to get him back. You know, That's it's true. only afterwards, you know, in hindsight, I realized what was I thinking. Mm. Well, and I, 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 I cannot thank him enough for leaving me now yeah it always happens that way you can't thank him so so basically what I'm trying to say is I always for 10 years I was worried he's going to leave me if I don't do this 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 and this and I was almost manifest manifesting that he will leave me it happened but actually now I can't thank him enough so although although I was fearing the worst the worst actually turned out to be the best for me
1: and it so often does, you know. Yeah. The, the saying, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. The, there's so many metaphors to do with that, um, yeah. and it is so true. If I look back on, on, you know, my relationships, you know, each one taught me something, you know, and I came out stronger, and I learned something from it, and you know, and that everything that's happened in my life, relationship-wise or otherwise, has taught me something, yeah. and it's it's brought me to where I am now, and I am the freest I've ever been in my life right now.
0: Exactly. And that I would say is it doesn't happen till the time you start working on yourself. Basically, whether it be anxiety or any other form of mental health, the doctors really can't help you because no. they, they treat your physical symptoms. They are not here to... Ha- the only person who can help you with your mental health is yourself. Yes. And till the time you don't do this inner work the time you don't go and sit in the pain that you're going through and understand what is life trying to teach you you don't get to be at the stage where you are where you're feeling so free you know so if you want to feel free there is no shortcut
1: no exactly and you you've got to go through it and you've got to feel those feelings because there's certain feelings you know it's like when you you're grieving yeah Um, there is a process you need to go through. It's about releasing it. And so many people um try to dampen everything down and and you know put it down deep inside, but it's gonna come out. Yeah. So feel the feelings, understand what they're telling you or trying to tell you, and then you know, reframe or um release them, whatever, whatever it is that works for you. But yeah. You know, we all have these limiting beliefs that we picked up through childhood and our te- especially our teenage years because they're just awful. Um, yeah. Yeah. and you, it's just about releasing them, releasing
0: yeah. them. It, it's about releasing and yeah, awareness and and sitting in them. And uh, one of the things that works with a lot with my clients is journaling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do something called a vomit journal. So, the client that I'm talking about is. I made her do journaling twice a day. She was really unhappy about it. Uh, But eventually what happens is when you do journaling, like you said, it's about releasing all your emotions with your thought process and becoming clear. So the more journaling you do, the more nonsense that's in your head comes out on a piece of paper. Yes. Which is why I call it the vomit journal. It's like you're vomiting all your thoughts which are not helping you and doing you nothing, no good. Uh, You kind of vomit those thoughts the the beliefs and then suddenly at some point you start to become clear on what's happening in your life. So why are you feeling so anxious? And really what is it that you're really, really fearing the most? What do you think is going to happen that you're fearing so much? And once once you kind of come to that realization that this is what's happening, I think the penny drops. It's no longer anxiety anymore. It's suddenly you feel power powerful to deal with the situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing that's ha- helped me um, with those sorts of things, I don't journal. I mean, occasionally I will, but I, d- I don't do journaling. But, you know, quite often we, we do that sort of worst-case scenario thing. But I started um, telling myself that if something wasn't working out the way I expect it to, then it obviously wasn't meant to be. And I it was my way of releasing the anxiousness the anger the frustration the the lack of control because we don't have control over life you know there's very little that we have control yeah. over in life we seem to think we do but we don't um so you know if things don't work out and i've done my best to make them work out then from my perspective okay wasn't meant to be there's something better that i'm supposed yeah. to be doing
0: yeah and the key is that there's something better i think to your point yes that there's something better for you, which is why this is not working out.
1: Yes, because I'm not meant to do that. I'm meant to do something else, you know, and and that's the way, for me, that has has really allowed me to let go of a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that's exactly my experience, right, is that I kept holding on to a relationship which was doing me no good. I think 10 years is way too long to hold on to it. (laughs) I, I held on to it. To as much for for as long as I could. But then ultimately, because I was not letting go, God made it happen. The universe made it happen. He fell in love with somebody else. He left. And again, it happened for the best for me. Whether he it happened for good for him or not, I don't know. But I can tell you that I'm very thankful that this happened because now I'm a better person. I'm a freer person. I'm a happier person. And I suddenly know my worth. Now suddenly, if I wouldn't have gone through that phase. Yeah, have done this work, and and I just know my worth now.
1: I know. It's like the universe has
0: said, "Well, there you go. Now you're gonna listen." It's like <laughs> you're, you're gonna play, and somebody's pushing you. You know, you're like, "I'm not jumping," and then the universe is saying, "There you go. You have no choice." Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We t- we took the choice. You were given the choice, but now we've taken the choice away from you because you weren't doing what you're supposed to be
0: yeah, doing. Exactly, and and. The other thing I want to add, Dawn, is when you're anxious, when people are feeling anxious, it is mm. the universe's way of trying to tell you something. Absolutely. There's something that needs attention in your life. Yeah. And the more you run away from it, the more it's going to keep chasing you. It's almost like you need to meet your anxiety and you have to talk to your anxiety and say, okay, what is it that you want? And what is it that you want yeah. me to understand? I, I, I sometimes liken it to that, you know, the irritating
1: five-year-old that wants to tell you something really exciting and you're in the middle of something super important and they're constantly pulling at your jumper and stood beside you, mummy, 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 mummy. Yeah, 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 get in, get in. You know, and they, it's getting louder and louder and louder until you say, okay, what is it you want to tell me? And yeah. then they tell you something like, you know, there's a new daisy on the lawn or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's big, important to them, but it's just like, oh, okay, darling, yeah, very good. Um, but then it all goes away, all the yeah. noise, all the, the sort of the attention-seeking sound, is, it's all gone. Yeah. Because what you've done is you've turned around and said, OK, I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, got it. That's fine. Don't need to act on that. I'm aware of it. Thank you very much. I'm going back to what I was doing. And if we do that, if we look at anxiety as a, a way of sort of saying, OK, it's telling me to do something what is it telling me to do and why is it telling and do I need to do it or can I actually say it's okay I don't need to deal with that I'm aware of it I know I've got a doctor's appointment next week but that's next week don't need to think about it now but thanks for reminding me and get on with what you're doing you
0: yeah know? yeah it's uh exactly. it's just facing it's facing your fear right it's just about uh building that emotional strength and facing your fear
1: yeah and just giving it a little bit of time
0: yeah you
1: know actually accepting that there is a message for you to receive um and just sort of trying to ignore it it's just going to get louder just going to get um and yeah it's uh i
0: love your five-year-old analogy i think next time when i'm going to get anxious i'm going to be thinking about about a five-year-old yeah it's a little (laughs) five-year-old You know, because they do that, don't they? Mummy, 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 mummy. Got something to My say? Mummy, mummy, mummy. <laughs>
1: you think? Oh yeah, hang on a second. I'm trying to cook dinner. or I'm trying to do this or whatever it is you're doing. Mummy, mummy, mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are times when you want to scream like, just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I've got time for that right now. You know, and that's what anxiety's like. You know, because it always comes at the wrong possible time, doesn't it? Like, you know, it's yeah. like it's like the toddler that you know you're about to go out shopping, and they they. You know fill their nappy or you know or the you know the five-year-old just just suddenly dropped juice or down their front you've got to change them or you've lost a shoe somewhere where's the shoe gone you know and it's all these things they always happen at the worst time yeah and for me that's what anxiety is when it crops up i just think oh okay what is it then you want to know and you know the five-year-old if you turned around and said to that five-year-old right away what is it you know yeah it wouldn't have built there would have been no building up of it
0: exactly yeah it's dealing with it right there and then isn't it yeah Yeah.
1: acknowledging it it's not necessarily something you need to deal with yeah but it's it's sort of acknowledging it and deciding whether you need to deal with it
0: yeah I think you know
1: because a lot of this a lot of anxiety comes up because we're fearful of something that might happen it's all about future pacing isn't it this might happen I mean I used to have this sort of complete thought storm in my head about all these what if moments um but if we sort of say okay i'm feeling anxious that it's coming up what is it it's it's reminding me of a doctor's appointment next week or i've got to remember to do this or is there enough money it's or whatever whatever it is you can if you can sort of step back and say okay i can feel i know the message you're giving me but it's okay at the moment i don't need to deal with it right now yeah thanks for letting me know
0: yeah But also, I think that reminds me of just a few minutes ago, you know, when we were having a chat and trying to test the audio and you were getting some feedback and I think... So one of the things, like I said, was before this podcast, uh, podcast, I was thinking whether, so you could hear some work going outside, you know, I'm getting a, a, a study built. So there's a bit of work happening outside and I was thinking, oh my God, what if they make a lot of noise? I can't ask them to stop working, but what if they make a lot of noise? Or what if this goes wrong? And what if that goes wrong? And it did, yeah. to begin with, you were getting feedback. <laughs> you yes. Shama, do you have headsets? Do you have this? You know, can we do something else? So it does happen a lot of the times. What you're anxious about might happen, but also you'll find a solution to it. And when it happens in the moment, you will find a solution and you will move forward. And it's not as big as it is in your head.
1: No. And the thing is, it gets worse if you don't deal with it. And it's like we said, you know, very much at the beginning, it's about... um, Ident- being aware of it and being aware that it sort of comes up and, and be being aware of what the message is that it's it's trying to tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, my favourite question to my clients is, if life is trying to give you a message, what is it? What is life trying to tell you? And most of them get stuck. And this is where I think we need to work the most is once we get that uh, knack of how to answer this question of what is life trying to tell me right now? It life becomes so much easier, honestly, it just, oh, it does. Yeah, it does and you know if if there had been somebody around
1: when i was in my early 20s yeah
0: could
1: have helped me through navigate yeah. the whole sort of mess of you know marriage children the whole sort of thing just yeah would have been amazing
0: but it's getting easier do I? I think from your your uh era i would say to my era and to the yes. next generation it's getting easier people are a lot more open to talk about it and plus there's a lot more help you know, social media has opened up so many doors, these virtual networks, meetings, if people want to talk, it's the you know, there's so many options. So it's no longer like, I need help, I want to ask help, but there's nobody I can ask help from.
1: That is true. That is true. But what I also find, though, Sharma, is that some, you know, a lot of groups don't actually help people move on. There's a lot of groups out there that I call them pity parties. Yeah, where everyone sort of goes in, and they're struggling. And instead of, um, I, I use a, another metaphor, actually, on, on one of my previous shows, I talk about this um anxiety room, and somebody's stuck in this anxiety room. And there are no doors, there's no doors at all. Um, And as they're, they're becoming aware of their anxiety, and it's growing and growing, they notice a lot of other people in the room, they suddenly, you know, it becomes a bit clearer, they can see all these people and all these people that are in the room with them start supporting them saying hey you know what you can if you um if you do this you know make it much more comfortable to be in here and you know just let's talk about it and at least you won't feel alone and blah 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 um but nobody in that room is looking for the door yeah nobody is looking about how to get out of that they're just learning to live within it and you know this show is all about showing people that you don't have to live in that. You don't have to be stuck in that room just, you know, trying to make the best of a bad deal.
0: Yeah,
1: It's about actually getting out of the room, you know, finding the door and leaving it. And so I would say to a lot of people, you know, when you join groups, groups are amazing, but make sure that you join a group that is showing you the door.
0: Yeah. And if not, you need to look for something else
1: you look for someone else, yeah, you need someone, someone or a a group of people that is going to show you what life is like after this, you know, to get your confidence, get rid, uh, get your confidence back, get rid of your limiting beliefs, you know, uncover all those unhelpful beliefs that you've gathered in that rucksack and just dump them by the side of the road, and then start your new life. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, Don, just to add to that, I think, especially for the parents out there, but anybody who has younger kids looking after them, whether be it your niece or your nephew, I think like for my my journey, my daughter was my motivation is because yes. what I realized is I'm um, pain travels through generations and I'm passing on. If I don't look for the door, I'm I'm gonna bring up my daughter in that room of anxiety. Yes. So I need to open the door for her as much as for me and for the people around me. So what I call it's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Because yeah suddenly you open the door and everybody in that room gets a glimmer of hope that even they have the cho- have, have the choice to get out yes. but ultimately you have to take responsibility to open that door and find that door and open that door
1: you have to be looking for the door you okay. have to accept that the door is is there
0: yeah
1: um you just haven't found it yet but you've got to keep looking for it and so many people stop looking for it and just get comfortable where they okay. are yeah, and that is that is the saddest thing ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they're passing it on. I think my biggest my biggest pee point is that knowingly, if you're passing on things, unknowingly you do this, and we all do it. It's going to be fine. But when you're aware, suddenly when you're aware, you can't. You know, you can't not do anything about it. You still yeah. might pass on a lot of things, but at least you've tried. At least you've tried to look for the door yeah. and open yeah. the door.
1: But I think when you get that insight, that internal light bulb moment about what you've been doing or how how you can change it or how you can release something very easily, because once you once you see it, you can't unsee it, can you?
0: Yeah.
1: And you see, and it's like I likened it to, you know, sort of living life in a black and white world. And then suddenly, you know, the doors opened and it was all bright and colorful. You know, there there is a a different perspective on life when you realize that you don't have to hold on to any of that. You know, your past is not who you are. What you experienced previously is not who you are now. You can, you don't even, we're not even the same people we were. You know, I'm not like I was when I was five or 15 or 25 or, you know, every decade, Yeah. I'm in a different era of my life. I have different things going on. And I'm most definitely not the person I was when I was 25. Yeah. And that's okay. And But what that opened up to me is to say, okay, well, I am the, the producer of my own life. I can decide who I want to be. Yeah. Nobody else decides. I decide. As long as I'm not hurting anybody else in the process, I can do and be and think, especially think and believe whatever I want to believe. Yeah. And when you get to that you know and coaches such as yourself you know that really help people to get to that place it is it is incredible yeah yeah, yeah.
0: well it's the whole empowerment element um that i work my client I work with my clients on is is exactly to your point. the minute you realize that you have a choice it's your life your rules you take it in the direction that you want it to go yeah suddenly you start to see all those colors. You start to see the possibilities that you could have never dreamt of in, in the past. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know,
1: you know, and so many people give up at a very, you know, they they give up on life very early. You know, and you know, most of us will, with a decent, healthy living, will will reach into our eighties. Yeah, you know? there's no reason nowadays why you wouldn't live to to eighty yeah. unless you've got you know some sort of medical issue. But generally, if, you, if you're generally pretty, pretty healthy, you will see 80. But I see people in the 40s giving up.
0: Yeah, my life has just started. I've just ended my 40s and my life has just started.
1: Well, I'm I'm fast approaching 60. And I am heading off on um, an Arctic expedition. Oh, wow. On a oh, sailboat. So you know, my life is crazy. still got plenty. I've got plenty of life in me yet.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And my, um, again, I mean, I know a lot of uh, 60, early 60 year olds who, like you said, giving up, you know, that's it. They're just waiting for the end now. It's almost like they're just waiting for the end.
1: I know. I know. It's scary, isn't it? I keep thinking, you know, I've got 30 years yet. I've got loads to do yet. You know, I mean, I'm not 60 yet. I've got got a few years, but you know, I, that is, that is on the horizon, you know, and it's sort of that, Yeah, well, no, you know, now I've got no ties, you know, for me, it's, it's about, I've got no responsibilities anymore, apart from me. And that's a great feeling. So yeah, I'm things.
0: even if you have, I mean, I've got a 12 year old, so still a lot of responsibility. But even then, it's all, like you said, it's all in your mind.
1: Mm. It's all
0: mindset. It's uh, because uh, I, I can promise you, I can empathize with how you how people feel when they give up, because when I was married for a decade and I was fairly young, in my late yeah. 20s, for me, that was the end of life. I was waiting for the end at that point.
1: I know, yeah. I know. And, and I, yeah, I'm with you on that. When you're in that bad bad place, when you haven't got that confidence to be who you know you really are, or actually yeah. sometimes you don't know who you could be. I mean, you're yeah. so blinded by this situation you're in, you can't really see outside of it. And then even if you can, you know you become your identity you know within that that bad marriage you that is who you are so if you haven't got that who are you and it's
0: it's a really scary place to be it is it is and for anybody who's If anybody who is listening and who feels like they're in that place, please just talk. Talk to people. Talk to therapists. Talk to coaches. Talk to anybody. Even if the groups try and go to groups, they might not be the right ones, but at least try. Just take an action because I know how you feel, Dawn. You know how it feels. Yeah, it's scary, but there's also hope. You see, you look at Dawn, who's gonna do your architect experience. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, I'm still feeling young at 40, 41. So there is hope for anybody who's feeling like that right now. There is a lot of hope. Just please talk. Please speak up. Yeah. Please help.
1: There is so much life out there to live. Yeah. So if you're not living your best life, then go and find someone who can help you to live your best life.
0: Yeah. And don't, if you have, so somebody was thinking whether I'm living my best life or not. If you're having to think about it, it means you're not living your best life. Yes. So anybody who's having a second thought, am I or am I not? The answer is not. There yeah. is better
1: there. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely living my best life. I'm a yeah. well of the time.
0: Um, and I am doing. Yeah. So,
1: um, and and the point is, you know, both of us have been in that anxiety room. Both yeah. of us have experienced that. Yeah. Um, and you know, for lots of different reasons, you know, and different systems and insights and and personal development work and all sorts of things a whole mishmash of different things um we're not there now and we're in a completely different space and you know for you and i we we sort of muddled our way through some of this stuff because we didn't have anyone to help us
0: yeah
1: and um, and it would have been so much quicker and so much less painful if if we did so
0: yeah but, um, and and, and for, for those people who are in the anxiety room if you're listening to this pod- podcast and you're still on it and you're still listening to it then you found the door you've opened the door just take it just go through the doors and take
1: yeah, it yeah you just need to turn the handle now yeah yeah and uh-huh. get in touch definitely so Sharma tell us um, a little bit about i understand that you'd like to offer the list my listeners something
0: yes so for a limited time don' for your listeners i've opened up a free coaching session so, so i'm giving One free coaching session. It could be up to sixty minutes. Uh, I try not to time it because I like to bring value to Mm -hmm. to to the people, and I really passionately want to help people because I've been there. I know there is light, so I just want them to see the light, and then they can do the work that they need to do the work. So for a limited time, I've opened up uh, this free coaching session. Uh, I'm not going to do it for too long, and it's going to be for limited people because of the limited time that I have. Okay, Uh, but if anybody is interested. Uh, then i'm very happy to schedule some time with them to go through understanding what i what is it that they're feeling anxious about or what is their challenge in life
1: okay fabulous so uh, all your details will be in the show notes but before i let you go um i always ask my guests to give us sort of three takeaways what what are the three key messages that you would like to give out to my listeners
0: so uh the the biggest biggest key message that i have dawn is awareness Mm-hmm. is be aware that you're going through this anxious things. Just be aware that it's feelings and that there is help out there. Just take action. Be aware and take action. I think that is one thing that I definitely want to say. Okay. And also, everything that they're fearing that will happen, which is making them anxious, is either not going to happen, but if it, in case it does happen, it's going to be for the good. It's going to yeah. be for their best. They might not see it this way right now, but it is going to be for the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the only thing I would say is self-care, mm-hmm. taking responsibility is very important. If you listen to this podcast, if you are here, the door is open. Just walk through the doors, take action, contact Dawn, contact me or contact anybody else. Yeah. Take
1: Absolutely. Reach out. There's a lot of people helping women, um, especially because you and I both generally help women. I, I do help men as well, but you know my, my focus really is on women um who are you know lacking in that self-esteem lack of confidence um the whole we're very very aligned actually because i help women who have come out of of relationships too because i think they're so damaging and you know we we need to um help them build a better life
0: we do that's Mm -hmm. that's what we i mean we are passing on what we've learned so that your lives the other people's lives can be slightly easier if possible
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so please feel free to get in touch with um shama who, and Sharma's uh, based in the uk um so if anybody is looking for a uk time zone then Sharma would be very good for that and um yeah thank you so much it's been an absolute joy talking to you and,
0: uh, thank you for having
1: me yeah well thank you for coming on the show and um and and good luck with everything thank you thank you so much okay. good luck bye bye Thank you for listening to today's show. Please follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. Whilst you are there, please also comment and review as it helps me and other listeners know what is good and what is not. If you would like to get in touch, feel free to reach out to me via the contact details in my show notes or through Facebook at Finding Freedom Club.